Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with my co-host, Jed May. We're without uh, Trent Smallwood this evening, but Trent will be back with us next week. Uh, a lot of stuff goes on in the in the summertime. Got to kind of kind of roll with the punches there, Jed. But, uh, you know, recruiting never stops, uh, even though the dead period is now upon us. Um, and, of course, we got to talk about the fallout from uh, Arch Manning kind of springing his decision upon everybody here recently. And then also uh, talk about some, some upcoming things for uh, Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs, as it seems there's some momentum in certain camps, but Jed, uh, how's everything going? Going good. It's uh, you know, like, like you said, it's kind of caught the whole world off guard when, and like how, what other way could Arch Manning's commitment in, right? Where it just uh, puts a tweet out there and, and that's pretty much it. But yeah, it kind of caught the whole, Caught us off guard, caught the Georgia coaches. They didn't really know till Thursday, it sounds like. So it, it kind of just one of those things where I guess it just really kind of came out of, um, you know, kind of got decided right there at the last minute and heading into Thursday. I did not know when it was going to happen, but I 100% knew because of seeing uh, Arch Manning not having put one tweet out since he created his account. I knew that's how it was going to happen. I mean, he was just going to put a tweet out. as masterful the way he did it in terms of handling his social media. The guy's done everything first class, you know, calling uh, Kirby Smart and, and handling it. Uh, like, you know, there's lots of guys out there that don't even call these coaches now and let them know after they've spent months and months pursuing them. Um, but there's all kinds of uh, – you know, crazy stuff going on in the world of recruitment. That domino has now fallen. It falls in the direction of Texas with uh, Arch Manning going there. So, Jed, I know that, you know, there's lots of people out there that are wondering, okay, 2023 quarterback-wise, is there anybody that Georgia's looking to kick the tires on? I know you put a vault post out on a young man that, that, that um, was in Athens not too long ago. And then also there's been um, – some movement down there uh, with Rashada uh, going to Miami and people are asking about uh, uh, Emory Williams. So what do you, what do you think? Anybody that Georgia gets in on, on the 2023 class? Yeah. I mean, you, you look at case and Wiseman, right. And he's a guy that I, 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 I cannot emphasize this enough. I, I don't think Wiseman is a guy that Georgia, Oh, well, we missed on arch. Let's go dump all our eggs in the case and Wiseman basket. Right. He's a guy that the staff has recruited before, they've had interest in. They've told him, even going back to last summer, Todd Munkin told him after a seven-on-seven, seven, hey, I like your game. You just need to grow a little, um, which he has. He he he's Basically, he's just a guy to keep an eye on. Is Georgia going to offer? I, I don't know. Um, but they very well could. They could take him. I don't think Wiseman would take a preferred walk-on spot at Georgia just because he has offers from other places, and he's not that kind of guy who grew up dying to play in Athens, you know? So you look at him, you look at um, Austin Nov- Novasad, I think, is, is how you pronounce his name. He's a kid that's committed to Baylor. Camped in Athens last Wednesday on the eve of, um, not Manning Gate, Manning Manning Commitment Eve, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, um, I know the guy that's- Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, festiv- uh, Archivist for the rest of us. Um, and that's a guy that he said, hey, Georgia really liked me. Um, they, they told me they'd be in touch, but at the time, uh, even as late as Wednesday afternoon, he was like, yeah, they still kind of thought they were getting arched and no one really knew what was going on. So, and he told me, he's like, yeah, I'd give Georgia a look if, if they really started to reach out. So guys like that, guys, like you mentioned, Emory Williams, um, they're going to reach out to guys, but I think the, the overwhelming, um, you know, what people need to take away, 
Kirby Smart's not going to take a quarterback just for the sake of taking a quarterback. If he finds a guy that, fit, yeah. that you know he, he thinks would fit in with the roster and all that kind of stuff, he'll use a scholarship on a quarterback. He's not going to use a scholarship just for the sake of saying he got a quarterback. He will use, save it for the transfer portal, where they could also take a quarterback, use it at another position, whatever. Um, but he's not going to yeah. throw a scholarship at a case in Wiseman, say, just for the sake of doing so. Yeah, I think uh, I think Georgia's very judicious in how they go about uh, offers. Uh, there's lots of schools, you know. Now I'm not saying that Georgia only only gives guys committable offers. That's not that's not all the case most of the time. But I will say I think Georgia is much more selective in who they end up offering, and especially have been since not only the national championship, but really, you know, since after uh 2017 when they played for the national championship the first time i've said this before i think kirby smart uh having been at alabama through the 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 kind of dynasty he was a part of at alabama knows that okay to not only get to the top but to stay at the top once you're at the top you have to be very very selective in who you bring into the program so that it doesn't uh impact culture it doesn't impact the 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 locker room environment things of that nature so there's lots of guys out there who have been extremely talented that georgia has you know passed up on in the last couple of classes because maybe not being the, the right fit and things like that i think there was a case of that uh that this this weekend so to speak and if you want more on that detail you got to be a member of the vault and go over and read the war room um jed put up put it together a great war room on uh, recent recruiting uh re recent recruiting events and behind the scenes type stuff so um roddy contributed to that also as well too so go over to uga sports.com and and make sure you're a member of the vault also while you're listening to this guys do us a big favor we got a lot of you guys that tune in every week and a lot of you that tune in every week still aren't even subscribed and it's absolutely free so hit the subscribe button on the channel we greatly appreciate that thumbs up all of that good stuff and you can catch it the next day on the audio podcast whether it's apple podcast google podcast spotify wherever you listen it's all available there searching uga sports so uh yeah we've talked jed you know a little bit about the, the arch commitment having come and gone some 2023 quarterbacks things of that nature but what i was getting at there with saying georgia's very careful with who they select i think that goes for quarterback i think it goes for uh, running back as well, tight end. These these positions that, you know, there's only a couple. Well, in tight end for Georgia, there's probably going to be three on the field a lot of times. But uh, when there's only a couple that are going to be on the field at, at, at a time, um, Max and one in the case of quarterback, Georgia's very, very careful, uh, such as the running back position. You know, you mentioned they're not going to offer Case and Wiseman, maybe just to offer a quarterback. They're also, you know, Jamar and Wilcox is someone who they're very interested in at running back position. Um, I know there's Braswell out of uh, out of uh, Washington County in South, in South Georgia that they they haven't uh, offered yet. He's got an offer from Alabama. So uh, Del McGee is very careful about who he picks. Todd Munkin and um, Todd Munkin, Buster Faulkner, all those guys are very careful about who they pick. So Georgia's judicious in in who they go after, but. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out with those positions. Is there is there anything on the? I know we're going to talk more about running back front, but is there anything um, in terms of when you talked to Case and Wiseman? Did you get any talk about uh, Jamar and Wilcox and maybe the running back position, some of that stuff? Yeah, it was interesting because at the time when I talked to Caseman, he was talking about um, 
Houston, which actually the day I went to see him, Houston's offensive coordinator was at South Paulding, South Paulding to watch him practice. Uh, so got a couple of brisket tips there. But um, <laughs> Kaysen is interested in Kansas, Liberty, um, Houston, like I just mentioned. But he told me at the time that Jamarian Wilcox is because, you know, they went on visits together, that kind of thing. And he said, we're we're planning on playing together in college at the next level. So obviously that's dependent especially when you look at Georgia, a place that hasn't offered either one of them yet. Yeah, That's kind of dependent on Georgia. But that could be a thing where you look at it and say, hey, you know, say Georgia is looking for that second running back and they decide to offer Case and Wiseman. They're like, hey, why don't we offer him? Because Jamari Wilcox, I mean, let's let's make no mistake, he's a very, very talented yeah. guy. Out of he said Park. visits to Ohio State and other other yeah. things like that. I mean, he's, he's not a – he's no slouch for sure. He, he could be a guy that you look at Andrew Paul last year, Georgia didn't offer till the beginning of February, basically. And I think Georgia knows more about Jamarian Wilcox now than they knew more than they knew about Andrew Paul at this point last summer. But that's a guy too, that Jamarian Wilcox starts tearing it up in the, on the field this fall. And Georgia says, Hey, let, let's go ahead and offer him and try to bring him into this class. I think Georgia does a lot of like, and, and Blaine, you tell me if you agree or disagree. Like they do a lot of recruiting before they've offered necessarily. Like you talk to a lot of guys like, yeah, I talk to the Georgia coaches a lot, but they haven't offered yet. Um, so I think they do a lot of laying the groundwork with a lot of these guys, especially the Jamarian Wilcox types of the world before basically once they offer you, you know, it's, they're really starting to turn the heat up. Yeah. And also too, I think that some, sometimes, uh, Georgia's pretty direct in their communication from what, and sometimes to a fault, I would think, uh, some guys, you know, it, they're pretty, they're pretty blunt in, in how they come across. They're, they're going to be straightforward with you, letting you know if, if you're a priority, if, if you're a guy they're looking at, things like that. Um, I, there's even been times where Georgia's went to a guy and said, hey, you know, we know we're getting in here late, uh, but we wanted to see you in person, want to see you for ourselves, instead of just trusting, um, you know, trusting what other people were saying about you, things like that. And some guys really appreciate that. Some guys take it personally and, you know, turn, uh, turn it off uh, right away, thinking they're not as big of a, a priority. I know Ricky Gibson, who was a um, – a defensive back, uh, a defensive back from uh, from Florida, and you know he he told me that when he when he went to Georgia and was at his camp um, for them and ran a four three eight forty and jumped a forty one five in the in the vertical, you know Georgia hadn't been on the on the radar. Of, excuse me, he's not from Florida. He's from he's from Al the state of Alabama. I remember that now because AJ Harris uh, and him are facing off week one he said and he said hey that who knows that may end up being a a week one matchup of georgia commits down the line because uh will muschamp offered him after i said like i said running a 438 laser time 40 at the camp and jumping to 41 5 i'm i'm pretty sure that's going to get you a get you an offer there jed i mean that's that's not a bad day at camp that's strong yeah and that's and we and we've talked about this leading into summer right with we told y'all, hey, look back to last summer. Look at Dylan Bell. Look at Cole Spear. Look at um, – oh, man, there's somebody else I'm missing. Um, anyway, point is, look at these all these guys who came to camp in Athens and, and earned offers that are now a part of this class. So, C.J. Madden, another perfect example, who was committed to Colorado at the time. So, um, you, you look at those kind of things. And, listen, you can't necessarily project – this guy's going to be a future first round pick because he runs a fast 40, right? But when you get him in that kind of setting and say, and see those kind of numbers, it's a thing where, hey, we're going to offer this kid. Basically, 
we're going to offer him and keep an eye on him, see how he looks this fall, and and eventually that offer can maybe turn into a committable one. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like I said, so there's basically two routes. Georgia's either going to kind of slow play, get to know you, uh, you know, do the do the whole deal where they're going to lay that foundation, like you said, Jed, or you can be a camp offer that just blows them out of the water. So it seems like there's two two possible routes uh, to to get to it, and and we've seen it out of both. But um, another piece of news before we get to uh, questions is you can see right here on the screen Daniel Harris, uh, one of the the top-ranked corners in the country. He is uh, dropping his top four, and he's electing that he's going to make his commitment on July 1st. Um, You know, if you're a conspiracy theorist on reading edits – you see Georgia on top there. That could be, who knows? Uh, but if you if you read into the logo placement down at the bottom, Jed, if you're one of those kind of guys, that Georgia's on the perimeter. They're not in the middle. So what what does this mean? No, I mean uh, I think I think Georgia's done a really good job of of recruiting Daniel Harris. I think Fran Brown's made a big difference there. Um, I put a future cast in for Daniel Harris to to Georgia on six seventeen. So for a couple of weeks now, I felt pretty good about that. Don't don't really feel anything any reason to change that one. Yeah, and I believe uh, Daniel has gone to all those schools on official visits this month as well. Uh, Georgia's was, I believe, the second weekend in June, maybe the third. I don't remember. Anyway, but you mentioned Fran Brown. And and Daniel Harris is one of those guys. Once Brown took over, he's one of those new guys that sort of rose to the surface a little bit once Brown took over. And I remember talking to him and he said, yeah, he Fran Brown's the first coach that really reached out to him back when he was a Rutgers and really guys recruitment going. They talk all the time. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's only picked up over the past few months. So it's one of those things where it, he just kind of came out of, I mean, not to say he's a, a slouch because he's what rivals 250 or whatever, but when you bring in a coach from different areas of the country, all of a sudden these different connections come up and a guy that maybe wasn't on the board as much before uh, when Jamila Dye was here, all of a sudden is is a guy that is toward the top of Georgia's board, and Georgia sits in a very good position for it with this commitment uh, four days away. Yeah, I will say that one thing, too. You mentioned uh, Jamila Dye and defensive back recruiting and stuff like that. Obviously, he was there. Uh, he 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 worked hard. He did, did things like that. But uh, let's make no mistake about it. Kirby Smart, um, Will Muschamp, and even Todd Hartley had a lot of their fingerprints on that DB class last year. Um, but I think Fran Brown, to your point, has, has really kind of stepped on the gas. You know, like I think I think Adai was in a weird situation of kind of coming in and having to kind of feel his way out. But it seems like Fran Brown and Chidera Uzo-Deribe, there have been no hesitation. These guys have kind of came in and kind of taken command of recruiting their position. Yeah, these guys came in, they hit the ground running, sprinting, uh, you know, on a on a jet ski, like whatever whatever you can throw out there, those guys have done, especially Uzo Deribe, because how many offers, you remember that first week in, in January, February, whatever it was, where every day there was two or three offers going out to these outside linebackers from all over the country, the Midwest, the Northeast, the, you know, towards Texas and everywhere. I mean, it's just both of those guys have been an outstanding job. When you look at it, I mean, those – the secondary and outside linebacker both with all the high-profile guys Georgia's in on, both of those position groups have a chance to be really special in this uh, 23 class. Yeah, for sure. And uh, when it when it comes down to 
all the different different scenarios and positions. We're going to get into all that. We're going to get into all the all the different questions here. But again, before we get into these questions, we want to thank. Uh, I've been flashing up some of the people joining us on the YouTube channel. We appreciate Rhett Womack tuning in. Uh, SC Low Country Dog tuning in with us. Brett Weimer. Uh, we got Antoine Sampson from San Diego. So a lot of guys. Dar- uh, Darth. Darth Janus over there uh, from Texas. So everybody, we appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoy listening to us here talking about Georgia football recruiting, and we try to do it in the most comprehensive way possible each week, going live Monday nights, 8.15 Eastern. Uh, we appreciate everybody. We got Chuck Ward coming in here from Tejas. Uh, so Scott Anderson from Pooler, Georgia. So we appreciate everybody tuning in. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button and help us out if you don't already. That really, really helps us out. And uh, give us a thumbs up, turn on notifications, all that good stuff. So, Jed, without further ado, let's go ahead and hit our first question here from uh, Loyal Questioner Sandbar Bathroom. Before I get to Sandbar, I got a shout out Low Country Dog over here. It says, Great picture of you and your lady on her birthday. Thank you for that. It was Catherine's birthday on Friday. She's a photographer. She does an amazing job. She's better at her job than I can ever hope to be. So, appreciate it. Appreciate y'all for that. Went to Greenville for the weekend. And Scott, let's see, Scott Anderson from Pooler, Georgia. Everything's cooler down in Pooler. I uh, just came up with that myself. Um, no one's ever said that. <laughs> well, from Sandbar Bathroom, what's the plan at safety? Assuming Georgia gets uh, Janelle Aguero and Caleb Downs goes elsewhere. Do we cross-train some of these corners we're after or maybe circle back to some safeties like uh, Jalen Kilgore and Terrence Love? Yeah, so – I don't know. You you've covered uh, Kilgore and Love a little bit closer than I have. I don't know. Um, I know Georgia really really likes Kilgore, um, but I don't think he's kind of up there in the upper echelon of the of the board right now. Uh, I think there would have to be some guys you know go here and there. But uh, I do think Georgia stands in a good position to get uh, Jonel Aguero. He's committing on July twenty third. Um, Caleb Downs, I just uh roddy had some some on that in his uh in his part portion of the war room as well there's mixed reviews there um i tend to believe that uh he's he's bound to go elsewhere until until i hear hear a reliable source otherwise um but i do think they'll split those i don't think they'll miss on both if if aguaro were for some reason to start giving indications that he was going to ohio state i would think that would you know turn up the heat even more if possible on Caleb Downs to try to get him at, at Georgia. But I, I think they'll split those. Um, but I don't know about the the, cro- the cross-training of the the corners, you know, Jed. I think there's a lot of guys currently on the on the roster that, that can be moved around, and a lot of these younger guys might end up, you know, slotting in at corner and maybe some of the older guys who have already cross-trained some play safety. Yeah, that's what I would think. I think if you're looking at – moving guys to safety or cross-training guys to safety and be guys already on campus because the, the, the staff does a lot of that anyway. So you look at a guy like, um, I mean, even uh, Marcus Washington in, in this, that was in the 23 class just committed, yeah, pre, or not committed reclassified to 22. That could be a guy that gets some looks um, at safety guys like, um, God, there's so many defensive backs in last class. I, don't even, I, I mean, Kamari, Kamari Lassiter is a yeah. guy who's moved inside and outside. Javon Bullard is oh, a guy yeah. who's, Cross training, he's playing that star position. He can play safety. I think people forget about David Daniel. I think David Daniel, you know, he was he was a long time Georgia commit when he was when he was coming through, and then he, you know, 
He really uh, did some good things when he had some time. He's a guy that's got to fill out a little bit more physically, I think. Um, but definitely a good, good player. So, uh, George is going to be fine at safety. Malachi Starks, for sure, uh, can can uh, can play play either star, safety, whatever you want him to play, really. And then they've got uh, they've got guys like big corners, like Dalen Everett and things like that, that can all, um, you know, probably – be moved around, play different positions, so that Georgia can get creative. I believe yeah, I would, with, with I would, some of that. I would just think I'm into the second part of this question. I don't see. I mean, Terrence Love is one of the. He's a huge recruiter for that Auburn class. I mean, he's working hard to get Bo Hewley to go from Georgia to Auburn. Um, and then same with Jalen Kilgore. I mean, Georgia. I mean, Jalen Kilgore, like we were talking about with Jamarian Wilcox earlier. Georgia recruited Jalen Kilgore. I. Unless I just totally spaced, I don't believe they've offered even offered Jalen Kilgore. So no, but uh, but I do. There have been reports out that you know he, he he's impressed. Uh, it's yeah. just oh, yeah. just like Jam- Jamar and Wilcox. Just because you have not received an offer yet does not mean that Georgia does not like right. you as a as a player. Right. There's just you know it's so, a numbers game. I um, I mean definitely Kilgore is more likely than Love. I I wouldn't necessarily say either is super likely um because I, I mean i don't even remember georgia going after terrence love that hard when he wasn't committed um yeah so when you look at those two i would say if you're going to look at one of those that georgia would really try hard to flip if they go that route uh, i'd look at Jalen kilgore absolutely all right next question jed from football dog fan factor fi- factor fiction asked if george oh no factor fiction asked if georgia would have a top five class <laughs> ryan wright said no jed may said yes that jed may sounds like a smart guy now that arch is off the board is georgia still on track to land a top five class is kirby smart the head coach at georgia i believe so last i checked okay yeah georgia will have a top five class let's move on all right Next question, follow-up yeah. question from football dog fan. Now that Rashada uh, signed his contract with Miami, do we contact Emory Williams to gauge interest? I signed his contract with my Jed changing the question on the fly. Okay, uh, listen, here's the deal. One, when you're reporting something, you probably want to make sure you're talking about the correct collective is all I'm, yeah, that's, all I'm that's saying. Kind of step one. Yeah, I would little uh little you know anyways, a little journalistic faux pas there. But uh mo- moving on past that, we talked a little bit earlier about the quarterback situation. Emory Emory Williams, a guy that you know, uh I believe he rival, rivals three star uh ranked right now, was committed to Miami, still apparently is committed to Miami before uh this decision by Rashada, who he says emphatically was no way related to any kind of nil money uh what he how dare anybody would insinuate that he would make such a important life decision based on a uh alleged amount north of nine million dollars uh that that is a total slap in the face to his integrity and his character and uh you know he's he's not he's not going to stand for it but uh in in all seriousness you know he's at miami does that mean that Emory Williams won't, you know, will decommit from Miami? Who knows? I I I don't follow the Canes recruiting all that uh, all that closely, but I think everybody in the country got a little uh, eyebrow raise, uh, you know, 
smelled what the rock was cooking so to speak on the, on that one i had to get a i had to get a wrestling reference in there you know but anyways uh what do you, uh, what do you what are your thoughts on this man tate martell still play college football where's he at now <laughs> Kirby go after him um martell. yeah i mean i don't know i'm sure i mean if you add emory williams to that list like uh, austin uh novice at uh, texas like i'm they're gonna kick the tires on a lot of these guys i think it's just a matter of gauging interest and and all that kind of stuff because I mean, honestly, at this point, I think the more likely route is you probably try to add a portal, a warm, preferably portal body next spring. Because warm, <laughs> preferably. Um, so are we talking like a step above Grayson Lambert? Like what? What are we, what are we talking about? Here? Uh, lukewarm, <laughs> lukewarm will work, but um, warm preferably. But could you think next spring? Okay, I mean your quarterback room. It looks like is is going to feature all those guys this fall: Stetson, Carson, um, Vandegrift, and Gunner. So next spring, you figure you'll probably definitely see some movement um, once Stetson decides to go to Harvard or NYU to to finish his doctorate there, um, and and some of those other guys might transfer. So that could be a scenario where you bring a guy in. You could bring a guy in um, a little later. I don't know. I think. I don't know. It's hard to say because I don't know. I, I think I don't even remember what the question was. But uh, oh, <laughs> well, Emory you did, did, Emory did they do they contact Emory Williams? Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm think sure they, they contact him, but but I that may be more down the line. You know, like portal stuff, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because believe it or not, those conversations kind of some courtesy calls to be like, hey man, just want you to know that if things don't work out a couple years down the road, mm-hmm. uh, you know, definitely getting contact is that kind of stuff because that's the world of the portal now. I mean, that's how I mean, it goes. I think this situation's a little interesting because the whole reason Georgia kind of went all in, so to speak, on Arch in the first place was because they felt good about where their quarterback room was if they missed, right? So yeah. now that he's gone to Texas, I don't think Kirby Smart feels like he's in a position where, oh, God, like we've, we've got to go out and land a transfer quarterback or, or flip a quarterback or something. I don't think – They'll kick the tires on some guys that they like, like Nova said. They saw him at camp. They liked him. I'm sure they'll contact him, but I don't think they're necessarily going to go full on to try to flip a guy if they don't really like him and really think he'd uh, add value to the program. Oh, for sure. I, I, everything is uh, kind of well thought out there. Speaking of quarterback position, Scuffletown says, do you believe that Georgia leads for Julian Sayan? He's a class of 2023 quarterback. Thanks, and who starts after Stetson graduates in 2030? So, yeah, he's been around for a while. It seems like uh, seems like you know he keeps finding some eligibility there. But Jed, um, Julian Sayan, Jaden Davis, those seem to be the two hot names and uh, names that we've heard that uh, from reliable sources that Georgia is uh, very very interested in and has had multiple times on campus. Uh, what's your thoughts on young Sayan there? Yeah, I mean, we could play a, a quick game of, of 24 QB roundup. Dylan Raiola's committed to Ohio State. Georgia obviously was in on him hard before he committed to Ohio State. They'll keep in contact with him, I'm sure. Um, you look at DJ Lagway, who's the, the dual threat type. Yeah. Um, that that one interests me just because that hasn't really been Georgia's MO, so that's one to watch. But like you said, Sayin and Jay Davis are the two to watch. And, and Sayin, Sayin's interesting because I talked to him earlier this spring when he visited Athens at time. It was Georgia, Texas, Michigan, and um, Notre, Notre Dame. So you look at it now, okay, Notre Dame's got C.J. Carr in Saiyan's class. Texas, obviously, is landing Arch Manning in the class ahead. 
But to replace those two, LSU and Alabama have, have kind of surged in that recruitment after getting him on campus and offering this spring. So it, it's kind of strange that it, it's shaping up as like an SEC battle for a quarterback from California. Um, but that's really how it's it's looking with Georgia, LSU, and Alabama all – and Michigan as well for saying. When you look at – from a, that perspective, Georgia's had the longest-standing relationship with Todd Munkin and everything like that. So, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say Georgia's the prohibitive favorite, but they're definitely, um, you know, in a good spot for him. Yeah, and then, and then too, when you're talking about saying Michigan is a big factor there and it's a really uh, inter, intertwining web there, right? Because Jaden Davis has some future cast to Michigan from our own uh, national analyst, Adam Friedman. He said he had a really great visit there. Um, you know, and then, of course, Dante Moore is an in-state guy in Michigan, but he's being recruited hard by LSU, like you mentioned, too. So it seems like Sayin Davis and Dante Moore, those three are really connected. And uh, as much as we thought, okay, once Arch gets going, uh, that domino is going to fall and there's going to be a lot of 2023 stuff. Whoever commits first between Jaden Davis, uh, Jaden Davis, Dante Moore, and Julian Sayin, that's really going to be one of the more impactful things, probably even more so than the 2023 class. Yeah, and I I don't know what Davis's timeline is. When I spoke with Sand the other day, he said he's looking at like October, November. He's not sure what his high school schedule is going to allow as far as game visits this fall. But I know for Georgia, and that's another thing that could work in Georgia's favor because he's been to Athens, I want to say three times is what he told me. So you look at LSU and Alabama that have hosted him once. Um, obviously they've, they've done enough to be among the top schools, but he's more familiar with Georgia, the campus, the coaches, all that kind of stuff. So, um, if he's end up, ends up committing in October, November, that could be a factor if he's not able to get on campus, to these other schools again. But yeah, I, I think if I had to pick right now, I would say Georgia's in a better position with say and Dan Davis. I think they're strong contenders for both. Um, if I had to pick one of the two today, I'd probably say say Yeah. I think that's a that's a good lean right now. All right, uh, PA Dog six ten, Jed. PA Dog got my Permanente shirt on again for the for the Pennsylvania Pennsylvanians among us. Uh, what is the story with the running back situation in twenty three? Justice Haynes and anyone else? All right, so Haynes is by far Georgia's number one priority. That's who they want the most. Uh, that's who they're targeting heavily, like daily conversation i mean it georgia is all in on justice haynes more so even than they were all in on our i know that it was all hands on deck listen del mcgee will not sleep until justice haynes is a georgia bulldog i mean that's how focused uh, this georgia staff is on getting justice haynes a a legacy but also a guy that that uh many people feel is just a complete running back a deandre swift type running back, uh, can can catch the ball out of the backfield, can pass protect, is tough in between the tackles. He is the real deal. The the guy already passed uh, Herschel Walker for career yards in high school, um, and he's only through his junior year. Imagine what he's going to do with that Buford offensive line uh, in front of him, Jed. I know Blessed Trinity's got some uh, big guys up there, but I think uh, this Buford offensive line that – Haynes has in front of him this year be a little bit different than uh, anything he's had before. I watched that poor kid play against Calhoun in the playoffs. And I felt bad for him because, like, he was all – Trinity's offense was, all right, third nine, all right, Justice, here you go, ISO up the middle. 
uh, which, I mean, that's kind of how it goes in high school sometimes, but still. Um, but yeah, like you said, he looks like a DeAndre Swift type of guy that, I mean, we, I remember talking to him last summer and he was like, yeah, I really worked on my pass catching and all that kind of stuff. And, and when you talk to running backs, even 23 and 24, that's something that the Georgia staff emphasizes with these guys a lot. We want to see you catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I mean, <laughs> to the star of the show, Jamarian Wilcox, maybe that's what earns him an offer is, is showing he can catch the ball out of the backfield this fall. So yeah, definitely Justice Haynes, 1A. You look at guys like Dante. I mean, Richard Young Richard Young went on a visit, but it, it seems like today that Alabama would be a favorite. But I, I've heard reports from uh, people at UGA that the, the official visit went went very well with Richard Young. Obviously, they would take both in a heartbeat. Uh, for, three, for, for the longest time, it was uh, Young, Haynes, and Reuben Owens as the three that Georgia really, really focused on. Um, but I think the priority now is try to, uh, with Haynes having completed his official visits, okay, now get Justice Haynes in the fold and then uh, worry about a secondary, you know, running back in the class after that. Yeah, and and that's one of those things, too, where you got DJ Braswell committing on July 2nd. You got Wilcox out there, Richard Young out there, obviously. And, I mean, I think the likely scenario is, like you were kind of saying, Blaine, Georgia splits Haynes and, and Young. And then, yeah, like you said, you get you get Justice Haynes in first, and then you worry about, you worry about the rest um, later, and watch guy how guys develop in their senior seasons and how film plays. I mean, again, Andrew Paul was not on anyone's radar until roughly February first last year. He gets an offer, gets an offer, comes on an official visit, and commits to Georgia within like ten days. So, um, running back to one of those ones where this thing could go pretty late into um, you know pretty late in towards that February signing day. Yeah, but I definitely think when you're looking, like you said, at a at a secondary back, if it, if some other decisions have come off the board, I think it's going to be an in-state guy. Yeah, uh, whether that's Will, Wilcox or whether that's uh, Braswell, you know, and and or you know, they also Jeremiah Love is a guy that's uh, from out of state, I believe, committed to, to Notre Dame. Um, that that they could circle back on too, and maybe push for a little bit harder as a, as a flip guy, someone who visited and really liked his uh, visit there. So, um, you know. Lots of options, but it all none of none of that's going to take place until Justice Haynes is committed to Georgia, if and when that happens. Um, KSDJ eighteen sixty nine, Jed. A good year, eighteen sixty nine. Nice year, nice year. Kelby Collins looked to have a good visit. Uh, where do we stand with him after the weekend, and what defensive end targets would you say we are most likely to get in the twenty three class? Yeah, I mean, I think Georgia's always been in good standing with Kelby Collins. It's felt for the longest time that it's going to be a uh, Alabama and Georgia type deal deal for for him. Maybe some other teams getting involved, but those were the two teams early on that were most interested in in Kelby Collins. Don't know really where Kelby Collins ends up position wise, Jed. I don't know if he's going to be a true stand up guy. If he's going to gain some weight and move move inside that type deal. I know I know Georgia really likes. Kelby Collins, but I don't know if he that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he's higher on the board than a Jamal. He's he wouldn't be higher on the board than a Jamal Jarrett and Sidear Mitchell and and uh you know uh J- James Smith on the inside and he probably wouldn't be higher than you know Samuel and Pimba, Quay Rusaw, Damon Wilson, um Nichols Harbor on the outside. So it's it's more of a question where does he stand with Georgia, not where does Georgia stand with him. 
Yeah, I think right now you look at his body type and he's he's kind of one of those tweeners where, like you said, he could bulk up and, and be more of like a three-tech. He could slim down and be an outside guy. I think the three-tech route, the Trayvon Walker type route is probably more likely with him at this point. But, yeah, there's Alabama involved. Um, I believe he took an official down to Florida. So it's like you said, where does Georgia sort of slot him in? Where do they see him playing? Because like you said, on the – you look at this edge board, there's Nicholas Harbor that Georgia's still after. There's Sam and Pimba, who Georgia surges more and more for every day, it seems like. Um, gosh, I'm blanking. I do this every time. There's Quay Russo who's out there. Yeah. There's so many guys at edge. And like you said, you look on the inside, Jamal Jarrett and Sadir Mitchell, Georgia's in a very good spot for both of those guys, plus James Smith, who they're still after. So it's one of those things where you wonder where Kel- – not to say he's not a good player, not to say Georgia isn't pursuing him hard, you just wonder where he kind of fits on both boards kind of being a, a tweener with his height and weight right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, it's interesting, but uh, Kelby is a tremendous player. Uh, you know, it, a lot of those Alabama guys, we said that that was kind of how you could measure maybe some of the success in this 2023 class. Cause there's so many talented Alabama, uh, Alabama prospects right now. So we shall see how that, that turns out. Um, Bushdog says, any word on y- Yazid Haynes, a wide receiver who's committed to Penn State, uh, camp visit last week. Jo- he, he he camped at Georgia. Georgia ended up offering him. Like I said, he's committed to, to Penn State. No, Adam Friedman put out a note there saying that definitely the dialogue has gotten going, like you said, with the, with the offer and things like that. Um, don't know that anything would be imminent there. I think Georgia would have to get him back on campus another time or two to maybe be in that thing and uh, – but hey, Joshua Miller did just uh, decommit from uh, Penn State and commit to commit to Georgia. So maybe uh, he reaches out to his former commit uh, commit pledge brother there. Yeah, I think uh, Georgia staff is still really mad. Penn State swooped in and got denied Dennis Sutton last year at the last seconds. So they're just gonna make life miserable for James Franklin and the gang uh, with. <laughs> With all these, at the very least, he's gonna have to play defense on on Yazid after they flip. Yeah, so Joshua I mean, yeah, that's, that's another guy. It's it's he got got here, performed well enough to uh, to get an offer. So that's a name to keep an eye on. But like you said, I think it's one of those things where George is gonna have to get him. Like, okay, you got him down here the first time, offered him all that. Getting him back is, I think, gonna be the not not to say the struggle necessarily, but the 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 key indicator of of where things are at in that recruitment. For sure. For sure. Uh, Lady A asked Antoine Jackson, just, just Antoine pretty bluntly. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. Obviously, when it, he's the first commit in the 2024 class for Georgia, uh, committed earlier this year. And uh, he, like I said, he's, he's the only one right now. And, and he's a South Florida guy. And Miami brought him in on a visit. He, I talked to him you know, a couple hours ago, and he said that uh, he has no plans on decommitting from Georgia this time, that Miami, you know, is just pushing really hard, and that sometimes when you're an early commit, some schools don't uh, push as hard, you know, for you because they see you're already committed elsewhere. Um, but he said Georgia was aware that he's going to take, you know, visits to other places, so, so he still has a good relationship with uh, Fran Brown and that it, right now, you know, uh, they can't contact 2024s directly until after September 1st. So um, he said that uh, Jackson said that he is in contact, staying in contact with Fran Brown, and they they talk often. So um, you know, I, I 
it's a long way out, Jed, uh, with a 2024 kid like that. Yeah, and hey, good for Miami. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. You don't give up on – I mean, we are just talking about flipping guys. Georgia doing the same thing. Good for Miami for not um, giving up on Antoine Jackson. They've hosted him, I mean, multiple times, I think, just since he's been committed, which hasn't been that long in the grand scheme of things. So, um, like you said, there's so far to go. I mean, for all we know, he could not – and I, I admit I don't know too much about Antoine just in terms of, of – how he is as a player, but he could, for all we know, he could turn out to um, be one of these guys that, that Georgia would, would rather not have in the class. Like there's, there's so far to go with these 24 guys. It's hard to say, but um, it's not like he, he Georgia knew he was going to take other visits. I'm sure they probably anticipated a hard push from Miami. And, um, but right now it sounds like everything's positive for Georgia on the Antoine Jackson front. For sure. For sure. I mean, uh, I, I think that, it, like I said, long way to go. He is a South Florida guy. This thing, quite honestly, could go back and forth. A uh, few mm-hmm. teams could get involved. Uh, South Florida is just a hotbed for recruiting, and uh, a lot of those are highly contested, highly unpredictable uh, re- re- uh, recruitments there, Jed. So uh, anything uh, coming up this week that the guys need to know about over on the on UGASports.com? Uh, yeah, we're going to have a, uh update on Connor Liu coming out tomorrow. He took an official uh, to Georgia this past weekend, one of the um, offensive line targets that Stacey Cereals and the guys are going after. Um, I'm looking at sometime this week I'm going to do a – because it's never too early to talk about quarterbacks, right? Arch Manning's off the board. we got to talk about quarterbacks at some point. Um, a, a 2025 quarterbacks to know piece coming out sometime this week, which, uh, funny enough, Georgia extended an offer today to – 2025 quarterback Stone Saunders out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So, um, you know, just uh, I mean, the, these timetables are moved up for these quarterbacks, so it's already time to kind of start looking ahead a little bit to the 25 guys. Everyone knows Antoine Hill already. Um, Ryan Montgomery, Blaine, you talked to a lot. Um, yeah, Ryan uh, or Roy Thomas Jenkins out of Texas it doesn't have an offer yet, but he's visited Georgia a few times. So, you mentioned to, Colin Hurley, right? Oh yeah, Colin Hurley. Yeah, how could, how could I forget Colin Hurley? Yeah, with the can't forget that hair. Um, yeah, so, man. Yeah, Colin Hurley out of Jacksonville, another uh, another big guy. Yeah, that, so that and uh, I did want to uh, drop on here that um, you know with with Pup Howard having gone elsewhere to South Carolina and just having the gut feeling that Whit Weeks ends up at LSU. Went ahead and dropped a uh, dropped a future cast for Troy Bowles to Georgia. Uh, feel feel like feel like uh, Georgia is going to end up with with Troy Bowles right now. I felt like it was a, a Georgia Ohio State um, battle, so I wanted to. I feel like Georgia's in a better better spot there uh, as of now. Plus, Jed, when we've talked about it over and over the the amount of talent that Georgia's put out at linebacker um, here recently. Uh, into the draft with Troy Bowles being a uh, the son of Todd Bowles, a NFL head coach. I think it had to speak volumes, and I think those guys now that all the all the visits have taken place, even though even one to Ohio State and having checked around with some sources up there and sources around Georgia, I feel like Georgia's in a great great position for Troy Bowles. So I went ahead and dropped the future cast for him. Yeah, and you look at it. I mean, that inside linebacker class is already off to a strong start with C.J. Allen. Georgia likes where they sit with Troy Bowles. you got Raylan Wilson out there, who's speaking of Big Ten country, is committed to Michigan still, uh, that Georgia's been in pursuit of pretty hard. So you get those three guys, 
that's a really, really, really strong um, inside linebacker class because, I mean, Wilson and Bowles, I know, were rivals 100, rivals 150 guys. C.J. Allen is uh, underrated, in my opinion. The the uh, guys on the <clears throat> national side of things ought to do something about that next time the, the rankings come around. So uh, that's, a, that's a really strong inside linebacker class. And then, obviously, you start looking ahead to 24, and you got Sam Brown circled at the top of the board. So, um you know, the, the inside linebacker train is, is rolling under Glenn Schumann and doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon. Absolutely. So, uh, that's see, that's why you tune in here to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. May drop a little future cast for you every once in a while. So, uh, for Jed May, I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you guys next time, next Monday night on another live edition of UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. Make sure to subscribe, like, do all that good stuff. We will catch you guys later.